This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is part one of a two-part podcast. You can catch both parts of the podcast on prideofwest.london. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you because... this I was very, very excited, actually. This is the end-of-season podcast coming to you from the Globe. Hold on, shall I do it again? It's coming to you from the Globe. We've had lots of beer. Lots of food. In the Globe. And tell you something, I'm smiling here, I'm laughing here, because we've had a fantastic season as fans. Brentford have had a fantastic season. We know many people have had fantastic seasons. We also know some people that haven't had such a great season. We might be talking about them a little bit later on this podcast. But tell you something, I've got a right group of chums around the table with me here now. And as you can hear, we've got a full pub here. It's absolutely brimming with characters as well, like you know what I'm saying. But we forget about them, because we're going to concentrate on the people here. We're going to be talking about Brentford. It's fantastic season. The Premier League this season, football this season, what's been going on in and around the season 22-23. I've got to the left of me, I've got Laney in the house. Laney, how are you? Hey! Oh, sorry. Um, <coughs> hello, mate. Um, what a season. What a, what a bloody season that was. That was incredible. Um, yeah, it's been the season of my life. And uh, I'm looking forward to sharing that with you, the listeners. And I'm looking forward to going around the table and sharing some memories with the people that are here in the Globe tonight. Because, yeah, as I said, you know, it, it's, a, it's a season that we... we Never really expected, you know. We, we we hoped that we would do well, but I, I'm not quite sure that we all, we thought we would do this well with some of the scalps that we've taken. So, brilliant, lots of lots of brilliant things to talk about tonight. So, um, enjoy and um, thank you. Hey, hey. This, this is the season of your life. Yes. Do-do. Oh, your music aficionados out there, you might recognise that one. But anyway, we shall move on. Okay, right, so listen, we're in the house here. Tell you something, I'm going to go to the right of me here as well. We've got the man in the house who's got all sorts of bats. In fact, he was up there on the table dancing earlier to some James Brown. We had some JBs in the house. JB, how you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you, Bill. Yes. I was lying, wasn't I? You were, you were. I was (laughs) anywhere near a table. No, but it's great to look back on the season. Great to be physically here in the Globe and uh, to look back on the season. Yeah. 
Looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to it. And tell you something, I've heard you've got some facts and some funk for us later as well. Yeah, we've got a little bit of that as well, yeah. Secret as well, because you've not, you've not let us into any information. It's all over you, JB. No, no, it'll be a surprise to, to you and to me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, it, I mean, it means that me and Lady said this before, he's making it up, isn't he? Oh, we, we said, we said before, like, before we started, we'd like to think he makes at least one thing up every week, but um, I, I, th- I think it's actually all true. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go around this way. We've got Lewis Holmes, the bee, in the house. Lewis, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Bill. Um, it has been an incredible season. I'll just pile on the hyperbole. It's been, it's been absolutely amazing. It exceeded my expectations. It exceeded everybody's expectations. And um, I'm still walking on the wave a little bit from it, actually, to be honest. Walking on, oh, walking on sunshine. Walking on sunshine, mate. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to sing it. Absolutely not. Gonna sing I'm it. going for all the musical <laughs> interludes here as well. I'm saying as well, which is all good. Like I'm saying, I'm I'm feeling in the post-season uh, musical mode. And talking about musical modes, we've got the Dutchman who's like at gigs every other day as well. The Dutch is in the house. Dutch, how are you? Oh, very well, thanks, Chum Billy. Um, great to finally make an appearance this season. I've done a bit of a Lewis McLeod this year, so delighted to to suddenly reappear uh, right at the end give you my usual made up nonsense and opinions on as you've all said an amazing season um, which yeah, I know there's some people saying that they expected this and then you would be right it surpassed everybody's expectations don't let anybody kid you it's been amazing it's been absolutely you said you've done a McLeod does that mean that you've been falling over twigs is that correct? Falling over twigs. Falling over twigs. Falling over, <laughs> falling over twigs, probably that as well. Falling over twigs. Uh, yeah, something like that. But and ditches and that. <laughs> ditches, twigs, minor strains. Um, but I can't be treated for any injuries during my ban. <laughs> Listen, you're also not allowed to talk about it, the Dutchman. Okay. Listen, we, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what coach? Uh, listen, we've got Ali Malali in the house, in the place. Ali, how are you? Is it August the 12th yet? Uh, yes. Oh, good. So we could get um, get to the game. No. Why are we here? Oh, <laughs> I'm so, I, I can't wait for the next season. This one has just been, like everybody said, just past all expectations. It's been absolutely brilliant, and I cannot wait for the next one. I'm going to ask. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to be sort of devil's advocate here because this season's been so good. Then surely you should be sitting here reveling in this season because maybe next season will come and it won't be as good. So maybe you should just wait and let that season just kind of hold on for a bit. Yeah, but life without football is not the same, is it? Well, it's true. Yeah, football is life. Okay, listen, if you, if, you, if you watch a certain series of programme out there, you would know exactly what we're talking about here. We might talk about that a little bit later as well. And like I said to you, my name is Billy Grant here, and I am here with my chums inside here, and I am going to enjoy myself tonight. I'm going to talk about this season with a big, big smile on my face, face on my face <laughs> as we go. But anyway, listen, <clears throat> a lot of people... Here may not because we haven't done a, one of these for for a while. I think the lockdown kind of smashed this for us actually, and I'm saying so. We haven't done one for a couple of years at least. But how it works is that we sit around the table here and we just talk about the things that we are happy with, the things that we are sad thing, the, 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 the thumbs up, the good things, the bad things about this season, the funny things about this season, and we'll just go through it and we'll just discuss it. And it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts as well as to what your thoughts are. I mean, you can listen and you can actually tweet us or you can send us messages, and we, we may even read it out sometimes or we might post them out there at some stage just to find out what your views are on that if they differ from the Besotted crew. But i tell you something, um, we're just going to start off straight away just to go straight into this one as well. So we're going to start off actually because we're going to find out what was um, your favourite moment. And when I say to you is that your favourite, no, not favourite moment, I'm going to say your best game of the season. So I'm going to go around, I'm going to start with JB. Oh, the best game of the season for me was Man United 4-0. I mean, that... 
sitting there watching that and watching that fourth goal go in and uh, turn to my son next to me and Tony on the other side of me and just Ivan Tony no no what was he doing at the time the stadium no <laughs> um, and, and just thinking we're beating Man United 4-0 and sort of pinching ourselves that this was really happening this is, this is second season syndrome um, but this, that was an amazing moment that one I never ever ever thought I'd ever see um, in all my years of supporting Brentford and it, that was that was it for me that's it listen Ali your favourite game best game of the season oh it's yeah I was going to say is it moment or game no no this is the best game of the season best game of the season uh well, I, the United one is right up there, but it's got to be—it's got to be City away because you know you just travel in hope rather than expectation. And I remember saying to my kids on the way up, saying that anything that two 0 is two 0 lost is a good result. Anything that's not battering is a good result. And it's sort of like and we were brilliant, and we came away. And, oh, what God! When that goal went in, it was just phenomenal. It was just no, never known limbs like it. It was brilliant. The Dutchman, your best game of the season. Um, I better not say menu. I guess Spurs away was pretty special for me um, growing up and working with some dear friends who are Spurs fans have talked football and nonsense with me for many years not really knowing who my team was um, and obviously not beating them until then that for me was our moment where and it came a bit late in the season but for me that's, that's really arriving as a top team when you beat your mates teams like that and you know, a few of you know one of the characters involved and he was quite magnanimous and gracious afterwards and I think even he accepts now we belong at this level um, which is a massive breakthrough. Teams like that, yeah? Hashtag teams like that. <laughs> uh, Lewis Holmes. This is a bit like when you're doing sports day and all the good players get picked first, because all the good answers. So um, I'll take Liverpool at home, the 3-1. Um, looked very comfortable in that game. Didn't really look under that much pressure in that game. Went toe-to-toe with a Titan and beat them comfortably. So, yeah, Liverpool at home, brilliant. And I'm going to interject there as well. I was going to go for Liverpool as well, so I've got <laughs> nothing else to say on that Sorry. one as well. Other than it was a rather marvellous moment as well, because it's one of those ones that I wouldn't say you wouldn't, didn't, weren't expecting it, but it was like just after the new year, we were inside the pub. It was a late kickoff as well, so we did our usual Ted Lasso uh, run. We went down to the Ted Lasso pub in the morning in Richmond, and we did our little run up the river as well to queue, had a few beers in queue, and then we came across here to the Globe, and then the Liverpool fans were in here who were lovely, as they always are, and then bang, in that game. And the thing about it is that by the time you get the game, because you've tried to kick football out of football you think yeah whatever the result we don't really care then boyish we got that result we played wicked we played football we just outclassed them that day and for me that was like the ultimate day Ted Lasso in the morning smashing for Liverpool in the afternoon you can't get better than that Laney well Liverpool was on my list as well so for, for the for the for the purposes of uh, variety I, I, I'm going to say doing the double over West Ham again because uh, I think we've done the double double over over West Ham now, and you know if it if it wasn't for you know you already stealing Liverpool that would that would that would be uh, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to die on the sword for this Sorry. West Ham double double but it it, it was great um, you know because they they're a very good team you know there's just there's no two there's not two ways about it you know they're they're way underachieving for for you know the the amount of money they spent the players they've got. And I think it's just like a brilliant benchmark for us. If, if, we, if we are beating teams like West Ham, um, home and away, in both seasons, we're doing a lot right. So we're, we're safe. We are safe. Ali? I was just going to say, none of us have mentioned beating Fulham at home. <laughs> no, no, because... Maybe, no, 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 because... No, but we're all saying, what was your best match of the season? And 
couple of seasons ago, it would have been right up there, isn't it? And it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but we, the achievement of the season. Well, I think because we always a because we always beat Fulham, and b maybe there's other moments from the Fulham match that might come later on into this podcast. Moment, so that's right. So anyway, listen, just going around, just quickly, just briefly, because we don't want to talk about this too much because it's a bit. Of, we don't want to put a downer on this podcast because we we want to keep it up, like you know, let's keep it up, moving on up. Tell you something, I'm in music mode as you can tell today. But anyway, worst game of the season. I'm going to go over to the Dutchman. Worst game, I think Villa away was pretty annoying because um, it was over so quickly. I mean, Newcastle wasn't much better, but at least we made a fight. Villa away, I think the expectation and then getting there and Gerard having gone and the fans were up for it and just needs to keep it tight for the first 10 minutes, really, didn't we? Which we absolutely royally screwed up. And the 3 0 down after about nine or whatever it was, um, that was pretty poor. Uh, yeah, probably the worst one for me. Lenny. Well, I feel bullied into saying Fulham away now. So, um, so yeah, so Fulham away for me because yeah, first first away game of the season, and um, it was it was a really gorgeous sunny day, and um, we were two 0 down. You know, literally gave them two goals. Um, we thought our, we thought we fought our way back. You know, great great um, um, great Norgard goal before the break, and then we thought Tony had equalised VAR. And then he did equalise, and I thought I thought we we deserved more than deserved a point. And then um, Fatrovic scored late on, and um, we we slunk off with our tail between our legs. Yeah, I mean, he certainly did through the park, and all those Fulham fans are going, "Oh, you know, are you Billy the Bee? Are you Delaney? Oh, you just lost." We went, "Yes, we did." Goodbye, um, JB. Uh, personally, going to Villa, that was I hadn't. I wanted to go to Villa Park this season, um, and then to see us just collapse like we did. And, and when you look at the stats, because that was the one game where Ben Mee didn't play, um, and that was the the only time he sat on the bench throughout the whole the whole game. Um, but the, the new that was not going to happen again, is it? No, no. <laughs> I think he cemented his place back in the team after that. Um, but even even looking at the five-one against Newcastle, that was the first time since. 2016 that we'd been on the receiving end of five goals which Norwich yeah. no, no the knowledge the knowledge <laughs> the knowledge which, which just it, it kind of puts into perspective what kind of journey we've been on in the last few years seeing you know that that, that kind of beating and, and it was a one-off and uh, the only time Reyes let in more than three in those two games uh, in all the time he's been with us um, and, and it's going to be the only time he's going to let in that many goals for Brentford, isn't it? But anyway, we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, moving on. Yeah, because this is a timeless podcast. But anyway, the Holmes, Lewis, the Holmes. Uh, I've got to agree with the Dutchman. It's Villa. Um, three goals in the first whatever 10, 15 minutes, and not really in, weren't really in it after that. It was really horrible. It was really, really bad. And it wasn't Unai Emery either. It was the interim. Danks, I want to say his name's Danks. It was the interim guy. Fair play. Hats off. G'd them up, absolutely battered us, and it was one to forget. And for me, I'm going to go quick on this one because it wasn't the 4-0 Villa and it wasn't the 5-1 Newcastle, actually. It was actually, um, and just choose whichever one you want, Bournemouth. Uh, either home or away but those two are proper stinkers of a game I cannot remember anything good about that game at all so we will move on so uh, oh Ali oh, oh Ali Ali, Ali, Ali oh, sorry there we go actually she's dressed in pink in front of me but I can't see pink you see because I'm colour blind I'm pink blind um, Ali Malali I was going to say Villa away but I did have Villa away or Wolves away but we were awful at Wolves away it was, I think it was we were really, really poor that day. Thomas Frank didn't think we were. No, I, I very rarely disagree with Thomas, but I think on that occasion he wasn't quite watching the same game. The stats, the stats didn't think we were either. Well, I thought we were awful. But what, whatever you think, though, Ali, is what counts. My personal opinion, and everybody's opinions matter. That is right. Okay, so listen, let's go around. Best 
opposition team. We're going to go. I'm going to go over to Lewis. Um, I think it was Newcastle. Um, home and away, they were just very, very organised, very rigid, very sorted. Just really good at what they do. A bit like the Cobra Kai and Karate Kid, without the cheating. Um, they were just very strong at all round. Dutch. Arsenal at our ground were, were superb. I thought they took us apart, really. At their ground, we, we were a lot more organised and structured and had luck on our side. But at our ground, I thought they were exceptional um, for that win. That's really the only team I've seen take us apart since we've gone up at our grounds. Um, looked really good. And at that point of the season, they looked like they were going to walk away with the title, didn't they? And you know, things caught up with them in the end. But I think at that point in time... They were the that was our fault, though, apparently, wasn't it? Well, that's come on to a magic moment later on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, we're going to come on to me as well. For me, Brighton. Brighton away. Not at home, but Brighton away. I thought they were absolutely phenomenal. And uh, the football they played was out of this world. I have got no idea how we got, we got a point out of that game. Uh, the game was brilliant. We went ahead three times. <laughs> we scored three great goals, to be fair. But I thought Brighton... Uh, um, um, I thought just Brighton, the football that they played, the coach, the, the, the new coach who came in for Potter uh, has done a brilliant job for them. And I, I've noticed a lot of people are also giving them props. They were, they were top dollar. JB? Um, I guess Arsenal for me again. I mean, we had that great win over them last year in our first game. And we always sort of held... Back in the day, we were always beating Arsenal. But, but this year, they, they were just a class above us. Um, and yeah, likewise, at that point in time, I thought they were going to go on and win, win the title. There you go, uh, Laney. I've got to agree with you. I think, I think Brighton were the best home in a way. I, I, I'm, I'm still not quite sure how we beat them at home. I thought they, they were, I thought that was a draw. I thought, I thought we did brilliantly to come out of that with three points at their place. Uh, again, that could have been any score you care to mention. It could have been 5 3 to them. It could have been, it could have been anything. But I've got, I'll give it to Gillingham. For, um, for taking us to extra time and penalties. There's not, not many teams can do that. <laughs> fair, fair play with Gillingford. Gillingford. So, listen, OK. So, listen, we're going to move on and we're going to go for Ali Malali, actually. I am. I am actually doing this on purpose because I know it's going to completely and utterly wind her up, actually. She, uh, Ali's now taking her pink top off because she knows that I'm pink colour blind. <laughs> I, I haven't really got anything to add beyond Arsenal at our place where I thought they were sublime that day it was just you have to take your hat off and just watch out they, they, were, they played beautiful football that day they were sublime I'm gonna go. can I just say that the only thing about the Arsenal game it was a bit of an odd morning wasn't it it was, it was a game that was moved and it was, it, was, it was rearranged for the Queen's funeral or something and um, it was like a uh, 6.30 in the morning kickoff. It, it was it was really odd. It was it, and we weren't allowed to sing before the game and it was just it it, it was very very subdued and very so, somber and solemn. And I, I just didn't didn't think it I just didn't think like the vibe was there for us getting behind the team. And I, I just think we suffered because of that and uh, you know uh, I just, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're still crying about the, the VAR at their place. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay, so listen, we're going to move on. <clears throat> goal of the season. Um, Brentford, uh, goal of the season. They ran a goal of the season competition, which was won by um, Ivan Tony. And uh, I believe it was. It was yeah, it? No, but I'm sorry, Brian and Bumo. Sorry, Brian and Bumo. But interesting, the Man United uh, Brian and Bumo goal, he, he, they gave him goal of the season. But that was actually interesting because the, the cutoff and the voting was actually cut off before the end of the season. So we have the opportunity here to actually kind of look at which goals that we think are goal of the season. So, and maybe we could just talk through a few of these goals. I'm going to start off with Ali Malali over here. 
Lewis. Um, Tony's free kick against Leeds over the wall. Absolutely. Just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, we just thought that guy was a normal striker and then he did that. It's amazing. Uh, what we're talking about this, do you think that that free kick there that he did, because obviously the ball was stationary and he put it into the top corner, do you think that was better than Harry Kane's free kick for Tottenham against us? Harry Kane's ball was moving slightly, wasn't it? It was slightly wrong-footed, Raya, and broke the wall up a little bit. So, yes, it was. There you go. <laughs> the Holmes knows it all as well. <laughs> Laney. Um, I'm going to go same game. Ivan Tony's chip um, for, the, for the, his hat-trick um, against Leeds. It was calamitous, beautiful, poetry. It was, it, was, it was all the things you would want a goal against Leeds to be like. <laughs> it, 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 it teased them. It kind of like, he, he, he literally, it was like a cat playing with a mouse, wasn't it? He'd he, he nutmegged like one defender, the goalkeeper... Um, oh, I'll mention later on. He, he, he came, like, he was tempted out of his goal. Um, there was a defender that was kind of running back to be on the line, and he lobbed it over the goalkeeper and over the head of the running defender, and it hit the back of the net. And I, I just, I think we, I think we just weed ourselves a little bit um, in, in when we jumped up and down. I think, I think there was some spillage, B. <laughs> Not from me, but maybe from yourself. And, and thanks for admitting it now, lady. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say as well, because I'm going to say that as well, that Leeds clip for me as well, I think, was, was for me the goal of the season. And I would have said goal of the season, not only because of the goal itself, because it was taken really well, but also because of the moment. Because obviously the season before, the fact that we didn't put Leeds down, I think there's a lot of people that are very, very, very upset that we didn't put them down. And it actually sport their season in the end. We had a great season last season, but it was like that last game sport it a bit. So when we came and played Leeds so early and we smashed them off the park and then he tipped that, which is almost like just taking the piss out of them, saying, listen, mate, you're lucky. It's almost like you're saying, you're lucky we didn't pay you with this team now like last season you know what I'm saying and he did that that was really great but however for me I have to say when we went to Tottenham Brian and Bumo that second goal for me when he scored that second goal I was just like the way that he took it the way that the ball came across the way that we made that goal from Tottenham I thought that was one hell of a goal and I think he was very unlucky well actually well he, was, he, got, he got it anyway you know what I'm saying <laughs> he was really unlucky that that wasn't voted goal of the season because I thought that was an absolutely magnificent goal um, let's go around to the Dutchman um, you've stolen most of mine which is a uh, but I'll go uh, two if I may I thought Josh De Silva's goal against Leicester was quite special um, might be a, a magic moment as well in there somewhere but that was an important point for us at the start of the season and got us on the right track but I'll go for Matty's goal against Man U when he mugged who outside the area uh, yeah yeah 
No, fantastic. You know, for him who didn't score goals, upped his game, pivotal moment, I think, kick, kick-started his season. You know, the fact it was with, with Christian, who... Um, I think that was a great moment. I thought it was a really, really good start. Both goals at the start of the season for me. Got our season until the right start. And uh, Laney? Um, you've had mine already. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've done. I've done the full. I've done the full. I've done the full Monty. Actually, I tell you what we're going to do. Actually, because we've uh, we've gone through we've gone through quite a few little bits and pieces. We're going to take a little break because we need to get to the bar to refill our beers. And then we're going to come. <laughs> that's right. Relight my fire. He's got me on the musical front there. You know what I'm saying? Tell you something. Like, here we go. Okay. And then we're going to come back and we are going to continue to talk about the uh, season that has just been. So we're back from the bar in the Globe. They're still lively, and I like the liveliness going on here. Like I said to you, like old school podcasts. If you want to check out our old school podcasts, you're sitting there in the summer with nothing to listen to. Literally, you've got a thousand podcasts you can listen to. Listen to any of them from 2019 or 2018 or 2017 or 2016, all them seasons where we used to sit in the pub and get very, very um, happy and discuss all sorts of stuff. You'll probably find them very funny. Even though they're old school, there's probably lots of stuff there that you could probably still relate to. So go and check them out, prideofwest.london. But anyway, and we actually what we might do is actually I've got a couple of ideas. I've got a couple of... I think we'll do. We should just like republish a random one, like Huddersfield Away in 2017, just like as the latest one. Just, just... Just no, 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 I've got, I've got an idea. I've got a couple of little ideas because we're gonna. I've got, I've got a little idea. Like I said to you, and this is, like I said, this is a timeless podcast, but this is going through the summer, and I've got a little idea for a little feature called "If You Know Your History." And what we may do is that we just may discuss, sort of, you know, just games or times in our history, maybe over the past ten years or so. Pop up a few little podcasts, and we could talk about that as you do on the reminiscent front. So. Uh, the Lewis Holmes. My problem with that, Bill, is I can't remember what I did yesterday, so be nice. We understand. I can tell from your answers that is very, very true. You know what I'm which, is, which is fine. You know, we haven't got a problem with that. Anyway, listen, let's move forward, actually, because you know, we've been talking about some fantastic things so far. And uh, you know, we've talked about your favourite game, but what we want to know is what your favourite moment of the season is. I'm going to go straight over to Ali Malali. Oh, favourite moment, easily, Yen- easily Jensen robbing Ericsson for that goal against United. It was just brilliant. Loved it for all, all the reasons that you could think of. For him leaving us, for Jensen, that was when he stepped up. That's what turned him, I think the moment that turned him to play was. And it was, just, it was just the sweetest moment of all the players to rob. It was Ericsson, it was beautiful. Lovely. JB? Well, quite sadly, because I like stats and stuff, I love the game, watch the game, and then I'm always thinking, what, what, what came out of that game? What, could, what was interesting out of that that I could use on next week's podcast? And um, the, um, the, the Spurs game, we were 1-0 down at half-time, and then we scored three second-half goals. And in my head, I put this out a few weeks ago, didn't I? But I was thinking, that can't happen very often. And then working on the spreadsheets to find out 2,000 away games... If we're losing at half-time, eight out of ten of those, we go on to lose. And then you find out that 1-0 down at half-time to win 3-1 has only happened 13 times out of 2,000 games before. <laughs> and that was the 14th time. So it really was a moment. But for me, the moment was trying to find the, the, the stats to just work that one out. Typical JV. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not feeling the moment. He's feeling the, the spreadsheet you know, rummaging, which is... Uh, Fair play, each I, their own, Jamie. I had the abacus out and the calculator. It was great fun. <laughs> and, and, and the fact you brought the abacus down the pub, I'm very impressed with as well. I say, Lady. Um, I'm giving it to Kevin Sharder for fleecing Fulham defence 
He turned on a sixpence. Um, he made Fulham defender look like a complete sonata. And um, pulled it back. And then Matty Jensen, there, he was there to scoop it home. It made it 3-1. With the game was won. I know they scored in the 100th minute or whatever it was, but there was none of their fans there to see it. And, um, yeah, I, I think Kevin Sharder um, turning uh, a Fulham defender inside out and showing the world that he's, what he's capable of. More from, more from him like that next season, please. You, and you've, you've, you've not stolen my moment because you've described it perfectly. For me, that third goal going in against Fulham, because that 2-1, it was a little bit... It wasn't squeaky bum time because I still thought we were in control. But when we got that third goal... It was lovely because a they were they, they, basically they thought they had it against us they really did and then we scored the third goal and it was wonderful when we scored the third goal but like I said to you for me it was not only the fact we scored the third goal which basically meant the game was won it was the fire drill that took place as a result of that third goal which for me was such a wonderful moment the fact that literally 1,700 or 690 Fulham fans left at that moment to leave 10 Fulham fans left for the last 10 minutes 5 minutes of that game or 10 minutes of that game and then the 10 minutes of extra time was fantastic and the they, they, they had their day out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they decided to off home, you know what I'm saying, which is all good. So for me, that was just a marvellous, marvellous moment. Um, thank you very much. And it was just, 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 just into the new year as well. So happy, happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs> Holmes. Ah, um, I had a non-breakfast one written down, but I've just remembered Rico Henry's lung-busting run against Man City for the winner. He was not involved in the goal. He did absolutely nothing, but he ran the length of the pitch to distract like Rodri or something, who wasn't involved either. He just that run to do nothing, to be not part of it, but the willingness to do it. Hats off, man! Bravo. <laughs> the Dutch. I think it's Brentford related. Uh, Ivan Tony coming on for England. I think for me was a magic moment. All watching that, either at the grounds on our phones, on the TV, texting, WhatsApping, just rep recognising what a monumental moment that was for him as a person, the club and and to us as fans, you know, it was enormous for us. That was special. Okay, right, I'm gonna flip into everyone happy everyone happy, nothing else to say? That's no, all good. Okay, we're gonna flip into their worst moment of the season. I'm gonna go in to one here because I'm gonna segue straight into the the, the the Dutchman here. And now I mean this wasn't pre planned either segue into it because it's a the thing about this year, weird season because Normally you talk about a season, you talk about the pre-season and after-season and, you know, tournaments come after the season before, so they're not really seen as part of the season. But the World Cup came bang in the middle of this season here. It smashed it in half. So as far as we're concerned, the World Cup is, is seen as part of this season. And the worst moment for me of this season was uh, when England got knocked out by France in the World Cup. I was there behind the goal in Qatar. Uh, we were discussing this a bit earlier and it's one of those weird World Cups, like I said to you, you know, I've been to nine World Cups and uh, this was definitely down as number nine in my list of World Cups. I had fun when I was there because you can't fail to have fun when it's cold in England and it's warm in another country and you're with your mates. However, it wasn't the best World Cup. In fact, it was the worst World Cup and that game for me was typical of what it was. You end up kind of trying to find something to drink beforehand have a nightmare trying to get up there you went behind the goal we could have won we didn't quite win you sat there for an hour after the game really miserable in the stadium and then we went home and you couldn't even have a commiseration beer afterwards because all the bars were closed and we went home and had a cup of tea at two o'clock in the morning so, so that was that was how I celebrated England going out of the World Cup so listen any of you lot who who's moaning about it 
don't moan ever again. Uh, anybody else? Uh, talk about the, the, your, your worst moment of the season? Um, it shows you how what a brilliant season we had. I, I'll say Ivan Tony missing a penalty against Newcastle was was up there with the worst moments. I never thought he'd miss a penalty ever. Um, you know, you, you could say Ivan Tony getting banned, but you know we'll we'll cope with that. But no, in in the season itself, I'll probably go for the the penalty miss. We we had some a couple of shocking results, and there were a couple of bad moments within that. But yeah, no, I'll go for the pen miss. Okay. Uh, Lewis Holmes. Just leading on from all the Ivan Tony chat, my worst moment, moment was Ivan Tony getting banned. It's very personal, but I wasn't comfortable with the scrutiny that Ivan Tony had. Like with every, I was getting WhatsApps and texts and all that sort of stuff. Oh, Ivan Tony's banned for ages, and loads of rubbish jokes about what the odds Ivan Tony. And I wasn't comfortable with it. And you'll rarely find me saying I wish I was in League Two. But when the Ivan Tony story broke, I sort of wished I wasn't in the Premier League. The Dutchman. Like Laney says, I haven't really got that many that I can think of that really rate bad. I was quite grumpy when Mitrovic scored for Fulham um, in, in the last minute because it was Fulham and because it was him. Um, not really too many others. I was quite, I'll, save, I'll save that for another one later on no. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, Ali. <laughs> uh, Zanka's 96th minute own goal, Forest away. Because we were just sitting deeper and deeper and deeper. You could just see it coming. You could just see it coming. And then, oh, it was... Or in fact, the whole of that week leading up to the City game, Zanka's own goal, going out to penalties on Gillingham in the cup when we controlled the whole game. And yeah, and I remember saying after Gillingham game, it would be the most Brentford thing ever to now go to the Etihad to win. But that whole week was just... Never going to happen. JB? Yeah, well, for me, it was the Gillingham as well. I mean, the League Cup, you kind of felt maybe this season we could actually do something in the Cup. And we had with three Cup games. We had our shortest ever season with only three Cup games on top of our League games, didn't we? And... Um, yeah, losing to Gillingham on penalties. They scored all six penalties. That's the only time ever to score six penalties against us in a penalty shootout. And we had David Rea in goal. Um, and they ultimately finished 17th in, in the fourth tier. Um, that, yeah, that was uh, the worst moment, really. I really felt we could do something in the cup. And, and then we did that. Even though I'll, I'll try and make you feel better here. Gillingham are highly rated to be in the top six in the in Division 2 this season as well. So, you know, that's maybe a little bit of a sign. And maybe we gave them a bit of a perk up, JB. <laughs> Okay, we'll look, look out for that. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, lottery numbers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Raya didn't look like saving one of them either, did he? No. Is that because he, he thought he's already leaving, is it? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, we won't, we won't talk about that because it's a timeless podcast. But anyway, so anyway, look, anyway, what we will say now is we're going to talk about the besotted global player of the year. 
And uh, this, right, I'll tell you something, because I know that Brentford did their player of the year, but what's interesting about this is, right, Brentford did their player of the year, and what they do is at the end of the season, they say, who's your player of the year? And then you vote for the player that comes into the top of your head, and you vote for them, and, you know, maybe if a player's had, you know, a couple of good games at the beginning of the season, that might not count. But with our player of the year, literally every single game is voted upon. We've got the Tasmanian B, David Genford, who's been working hard on this from day one of the season, and I really appreciate the work you've done on this, the Tasmanian B. And he's told the Tasmanian because he actually lives in Tasmania. So, like, you know what I'm saying? So he, like, gets up about four o'clock in the morning to watch every single game. And what he does, he tots it up, and what he does is he works out um, he gives everyone, everyone gives, everyone votes him, he gives a, a first, second and third place and he's got this point system between them all and then he's got this really accurate system which actually says who is one first, second and third place. So the winner of Brentford Besotted Global Player of the Year is... Ben Mee! And Ben Mee topped with 32 points, actually, and he's fantastic. And he, he clinched it, because the thing is, it was actually neck and neck between him and Ivan Tony. But obviously, Ivan Tony wasn't playing for the last couple of games. <laughs> so so uh, Ben Mee managed to slip into the lead, you know, uncaptured by Ivan Tony because he wasn't able to be in the horse race at the time, unfortunately. So, yeah, Ben Mee, the 32 points. Uh, Ivan Tony in second place with 30 points. Third place was David Raya with 27 points and, and then we had Jensen and Pinnock equally 23 points and then we had Mbumo and Henry in, uh, in uh, enjoyed fifth place with well, seventh place with 22 points so those are the players who are top of the pile me Tony Raya Jensen and Pinnock Mbumo and Henry Lady. Um, a Dutchman what kind of a nuts world do we live in eh, when Rico's only the seventh best player <laughs> <laughs> but this is the whole thing. But what I can say to you, this is how good the season we're having. I mean, yeah. what an amazing bunch of players we got when Rico is seventh. You know. I make it joint fifth. Well, no, no, because it's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That, that, well, that's yeah. just counting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> lady, lady, God, actually knows. Six of joints. Mbumo and Henry are joint sixth. <laughs> Jensen and Pinnock are joint fourth, actually, on 23 points. But just like, so it's me, Tony, Raya. Jensen and Pinnock joint fourth, and Mbumo and Henry joint sixth. Yeah, no, you should have said. That's right. So, um, and so that's interesting. And like I said to you, these are counted every week. So this is what people's true thoughts are week on a week. So if they have a good game and a bad game, this is reflected in there. So it's just good. The person with the most man of the match performances were Ivan Tony and Raya. Thoughts about that, JB? Yeah, I mean, that feels about right, doesn't it? Over, over the course of the season, both putting some fine performances. Um, yeah, totally agree with that. That's right. And also, the player that had the most top three finishes, so basically you finished in one first, second or third place the most time, was... Ben Mee. So Ben Mee was consistently one of the top three players in every single game. Uh, the best six-match uh, match, uh, game stretch... 13 votes, uh, three best player awards. Uh, games 4-9, to nine, Everton to Newcastle was Ben Mee as well. Okay, so Ben Mee basically came out top of the pile in this. So congratulations to Ben Mee, who is the besotted global Brentford player of the year. At this point, I should cough to the fact that I thought signing Ben Mee was a really bad idea, and I've never been more wrong in my life. 
<laughs> and, and it just brilliant that we've got him on a two-year deal yes. because yeah, yeah. we could we could have just said oh we'll take him as a one-year with a one-year or you know even a one-year option would have been a two-year deal but he, he's someone that should be playing for us as long as he can because he, he's just a great human being as well as a brilliant footballer so yeah, yeah. I'm just delighted yeah, yeah. delighted is with our club indeed he is as well and we're going to see whether or not we can actually get a, a little something with Ben Mee as well because obviously he's won the award and we haven't put out awards for a while and uh, we might have to put a little phone call to see whether or not we get the Ben Mee on the Besotted Pride of West London ben podcast because he yeah. seems that's right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ben Mee yeah, yeah. Ben Beth, definitely's a meet on yeah that's right so uh, yeah most definitely um, somebody had their hand up there can I also say that Ben Mee's son won the award for the best after match performance in front of the goal at the, uh, at the Man City game because he, <laughs> he was excellent. No, you, you can't just say it's excellent because people out there wouldn't actually know what you're talking about, Dutch, but you have to explain, please. Um, the players all brought their um, families on the pitch as they do traditionally after the game and all showboating in front of the, um, the West End like they do and mini me, me. Who's it? How old is he? I don't know. Or Ben Mee. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Well, you should know. You're not Wikipedia. <laughs> he, he, he looked 5, five, five, five or 6. And he was thumping that ball in from, from a distance to the, to the roars from the West End. He looks a promising young lad. That's right, that's right. I, I don't know if you saw the families lining up as, they, as the team came out. They gave the guard of honour and all the players' families were out. Brian and Bumo's daughter doesn't look a bit like him. I don't know if you saw that. No, he didn't actually, Laney. Okay. All right, okay. Well, uh, we should, we should move on. Um, that's, that's obviously gone over my head. Has it, yeah, it gone over your head, Jamie? Yeah, it's gone over my head. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's gone over everyone's head. I'll, I'll find a photograph, don't worry. Okay. Right, anyway, we should, we should, we should move on uh, from that as well. So, um, so well done to Ben Mee. And like I said to you, hopefully, London. check it out. We'll have loads of stuff. No, we're not going to have loads of stuff. We're going to have some stuff over the summer. Okay, and you can check that out. Hopefully, we're going to have a little me man on there as well. Most improved Brentford player. I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to say Hickey because he was a player we thought, mm, not sure about him. Mm, what do they see in him? Mm, how much do we pay for him? What, 20 million euros? Mm, oh, he's quite good actually, isn't he? And he has definitely come up in the last, uh, I say month or so, not the last month, the last month of the season, maybe the last six weeks of the season, you can see what they've seen in him. And I know Brentford are like that because they do stick to their guns. And if they know and they see a player who's good, they will stick with them through thick and thin. Like managers, they'll stick through thick and thin. And obviously with Hickey, um, Hickey, sticky, thicky, stick with him through thick and thin. And that's what they've done. And now he's looking like a proper, he's looking like the one, isn't he, JB? He looks very, very good indeed, yeah. Very composed. And, and your, your, your player, your most improved player? Most improved player. I'm going to go for one who just keeps increasing every year. It's Vitali in, in midfield. I mean, actually, this year he started more games than Norgard. Um, but wherever we play him and whenever he comes on as sub, you know, he's played at left back. He comes in at an extra centre back when we need it. Um, and he's just getting just and it's such an integral member of, of the team. Um, and when he's not around for those four games that he wasn't there, you, you kind of miss him. So, uh, yeah, Vitali is my... Ali. Uh, if we're going from previous seasons up to this, it's, for me, it's got to be Jensen. I mean, he went, you know, he's always had the ability. We've always known he's had the ability to do the great things, but he's never had the consistency. And he, he, I don't know what he did over the summer. He went away to superhero camp, came back with a load of, of muscle on him, 
and I, I think he's been phenomenal this season. It, it, absolutely, some of the balls he's played, you know, over the top. His passing range has been excellent, and he works so hard at the pressing he does is immense. I think he's been fantastic player of the season for me, and definitely the most improved. The Dutchman, Matty, obviously great. I'm going to go for Brian. I, I think whilst he was great last year, I think this year he's been amazing. I think the, the increase in confidence, particularly towards the end of the season, the finishing, the goals that he's added to his game, the assists, he works so hard in that game. I think he's, uh, no one's unsung in that team anymore. That's probably the wrong phrase to use, but he's an absolute quality player and I think he's much, much better than he was last season. The Holmes. Um, I had Jensen written down, but I should probably mention Ethan Pinnock. Um, Opta team of the year, I think, has Pinnock in it. Um, in his position, he is one of the best players in the league so little got past him he was so good at what he does he's just a rock I didn't I wanted to swear there and I didn't swear he's a rock excellent and I tell you something I just thought about this you know names pop out and everyone in the sort of besotted crew most of them has got a nickname as well and I just thought you know I mean, this is a bit of a rubbish one but Sherlock <laughs> I'll take it there you go Sherlock right there you go you, got, you heard it here first on the besotted podcast Laney um, most improved player well just for variety, I'm going to go for Rico Henry because I, I think he, not that there was anything ever wrong with him, but I think he's just gone to a completely different level. I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a crime that he's not been invited into the England team, uh, into the England squad. I think he's just got, he's, he's, become, he's become like almost nudging world class kind of player now, um, where, you know, world class as in international standard. He, he, he is, and I, I, I just—he's he, someone that you know. We, we're worried about lo- losing David Raya. I mean, losing Rico Henry would be a would be a, a huge, huge loss for our club. So yeah, he, he just seems to be getting better and better. And I, I, I use the word improves, not that there was anything wrong with him in the first place, but he has gone to literally another level. So Rico, yeah, tip my hat to you as well. A lot of hat tipping going on. Everyone all happy? Everyone's done? Everyone's done? Okay, this was all good. Okay, so listen, I'm going to just going to go on to this as well. I wanted to just give a little brief one on this one as well because we're going to say that I'm going to say this on a positive side. So must try harder as well. So we're not saying that players being bad. We're just saying that maybe let's just try a little bit better um, scenario. Which players for that? And I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to go for Onyeka. Uh, I did a, a, a review for the Observer uh, at the end of the season. If you want to check it out, it's online um, as well. Um, as, as wellobserver.com and it's at the end of the season review where all the fans had to give their reviews of the season I did one for Besotted on there and I just said about Onyeka and I said like you know I was really had big hopes for him Frank the Tank Onyeka as well but I just said that for me he hasn't quite reached the heights that I thought he would have done and I think probably for himself I know he's been injured and he's come back in ironically he kind of made a couple of blunders against Tottenham and he was yanked off against Tottenham which actually turned the game around but then saying that after that he actually had quite a, quite a, quite a decent game so maybe I have got no idea what I'm talking about but I think Frank the Tank for me is, is the person uh, JB um, Mine would again be not it's been an unfortunate season for him would be Chris Iyer He's only actually played nine games this season through injury. You know, couldn't nothing you can really do about that, which is the same number as Pontus and, and Zanka started 11 games. Um, so we really, you know, for someone we spent rather a lot of money on, we really haven't seen anywhere near the best of him this season at all. So hopefully steering clear of injuries. Uh, though quite how he's going to displace me and Pinnock, I'm not sure, but um, I'd like to see uh, more of him next year. Laney. 
I'm going to have to go Frank the Tank as well, I'm afraid. Um, I'm, this, this isn't a pile-in on him. Um, he, you know, he, he, had a, he, had a poor, he had a poor game um, up at, up at um, where was it? It was at um, Chelsea. No, where, where was the... Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham, yeah. The, and we, we were like quick questioning his selection. But then he had a, you know, he had a great game when he, when he came back. So he's got the potential there, and it's not as if we've spent nothing on him. He's a, he's a fairly big investment from Mitterland, and I'm expecting a lot more from him. So maybe it is next season. Um, you know, you've got, you got to hope. The signs are there that he's a really good player. Um, but all, all, those, all those kind of um, predictions that he was going to get the ball and drive forward and he was fantastic and he, and he contributed with goals, we've seen none of that. Um, we, we, have, we have to see his potential fulfilled, and you know, I, I, th- I think that he'll get all the coaching, he'll get, he'll get minutes, he'll, he'll get support, but you know, we, we need to see it more than glimpses. Ali, uh, I had a toss up actually of one, one of which was Onyeka, but I so on the grounds that everybody else has gone for Onyeka, I'm going to go for Josh actually. I mean, he's had he's had some great moments, but he does drift and completely become anonymous in some games still at the moment. And I, um, undoubtedly, like Onyeka, the poten- we know the potentials there. We've we've seen flashes of the potential. He's scored some great goals, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping there's still way more for, to come from him. Sherlock, um, I threw this one out to the brain trust that I sit with in the North Stand, and we all agreed that it was Damsgaard before you pile in. Damsgaard has progressed already, but if he just took a couple of extra steps, then those misplaced passes and those attempts on goals would be successful passes and would be goals. So he's, if he tries harder, he's complete. The Dutchman. Yeah, I don't like the term try harder or improvement because that sounds more critical than it's meant to be, but I was going to say Josh as well, just because I think there's so much more in there that can come out you know, as, as Ali says he's had some great moments and, but we know what he's capable of and a, a fit roaring Josh next year will be a massive addition to our squad um, so it's not necessarily a criticism it's just a, there's more to come definitely more to come listen we've just got one little more part we're going to finish off in the second part of this podcast because we go to the bar and get a few more beers and uh, this could be a little fun actually part as well because we want to find out actually for you who were for you the best fans to come down to New Griffin Park. I'm going to say for me first, the best fans that came down were Gillingham. Again, I put that in the Observer review that I did because I thought that they were wicked. They came down, they came down in numbers, they obviously got a bigger capacity because um, because no, no one wanted to go. go. Just, no one wanted to go, so they got more numbers. <laughs> so they, they got over the 2,000, the 1,700, so they got about 2,500. They took the 2,500, they took it over. I think the weird thing about it as well is that the fact that they used to play Gillingham literally every single year. Again, the people that have only known Brentford for a year or two, literally this is the team that we've been, we've been to Gillingham, we've played them so many times. We've been down to that stadium that Tim Pot Stadium that they've got with a rickety end and we've been there and they've, they've been to us and we've just been kind of sort of mid-table third-tier rivals for years and years and years and years. Then, yes, hey, that's right. And, uh, and then all of a sudden they've turned up for us and it's really weird them turning up to us going, cool, we're going to Brentford, the Premier League side. And we turned up with that game and they, and they won and they made loads of noise and fair play to them, I thought. Best fans. Uh, this season because I haven't been overly impressed with uh, most of the Premier League fans I have to say JB 
Yeah, I was going to go for Gillingham because I just remember that game as horrendous traffic on the M4 getting into the ground and people sort of bailing out of cars, um, going across, leaving their cars. Sort of, or, or pass- Gillingham, yeah, Gillingham, yeah, there's all sorts going on. Chiswick roundabout, yeah, the Gillingham team yeah, had problems getting to the ground as well. So, um, But you felt it was their big day out and they were there to enjoy it. And um, yeah, so, yeah, as you say, the, the Premier crowds themselves, much for muchness, really. That's right, Ellie. Uh, I was going to go for. I had a toss up between Gillingham and. I thought Newcastle were pretty decent. They made a, a, a good amount of noise, to be fair. So, uh, on the grounds that you two both gone for Gillingham, I'm going to go for Newcastle. Laney. Gillingham were good, but you know, they brought a lot, but Leeds would have brought more, surely. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> I'll tell you something. I'm glad you pulled me up on that, Laney. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I thought Nottingham Forest yeah. were, were, were good. I thought they made a decent amount of noise. Um, and considering the way the game ended, they 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 took it in fairly good spirits. And I, 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 we don't because the way the, the way the grounds laid out now and the way um, the pubs are, um, we don't really see as many away fans as we used to, because you know where we drink and the proximity to the ground is is different. But there was a lot of Forest fans here, and there was a lot of fans, Forest fans here afterwards as well. Here, what do you mean? In, in the, globe. the Globe. Yeah, sorry, in the Globe, yeah, there was loads yeah. of Forest fans, weren't there? Yeah, yeah there was. And, uh, and I, 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 I like that, and they were sitting here chatting, and a couple of them cried, which I, I liked a lot as well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, I thought it was a good turnout, and um, I, you know, they, they'll be back next year and um, look forward to reacquainting ourselves. And as you know, I've got a lot of Forest chums as well, and they were down here before the game, which was, which was all good. And, uh, and what I thought was quite interesting as well, because like, they're chummy with you, and they're like, yeah, yeah, a bit, everything like that. But then afterwards, when I sort of kind of sort of review you know, some of their social media, I could see that they're kind of like, sort of not slating us off, but they're not happy of the association with Brentford, because what's happened is that if you remember... The first time that we played Nottingham Forest, and we recently, I mean, we played them back in the day, again, when Matthew Benham bunked off school to go to, if I remember rightly, went to the, the League Cup game when we played them in the League Cup when, when they lost 2-0, um, back in the early 80s, I think it was, and then we did a special train after Nottingham Forest, which I went on, which took about 25 hours to get up there. Anyway, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so we went to the so that, that was the back there, but then afterwards, when we played them again, when they came down to the third tier, they were the massive team, and we went up there, and it was like, you know, it's like, you know, um, was it European Cup to the LDV? We were singing to them, which was actually quite funny. They were really not happy, and then we beat them at their ground as well. So it's amazing because for them, they were the big team, and we were the little minnows. Who are they? Now the irony is that they've come to us after we've been in this second division team time in the, in the Premier League, and they've come up and they're playing us. And I think in a way they're sort of thinking, you know, we are Forest, we're old school Forest, you know, we are bigger than we should be, and they. They don't like the fact that technically we are sort of a more established team in this league than they are. So, interestingly, Carragher, after they played the last game where there was... Listen, the atmosphere is great, because at their ground the atmosphere is really great. And he compared Forest's um, atmosphere to Brentford. The Forest fans weren't happy at all. They were Honestly, they were absolutely... How can he say we're like them? We're not like them. They're tin pot. So I thought that was quite interesting. I do like Forest as a team and go in there but you need to just come away a little bit and just kind of calm yourselves down a little bit yeah there was a few looks on faces when you were saying to them you know the thing is with the Premier League you need to just take your points when, when they're available you need, and you're like we were giving them advice and they were like who the fuck do you think you are giving us advice like, they were really not happy about it it's true it was a really valid point I was, going, I was very you know, no, no, respectful you, yeah you were and, but they just weren't they weren't happy to take advice from anything to do with Brentford that's right. Anyway, well, listen, they've taken the advice.
advice now. They're going to stay out, so I can give them a little bit more advice again next season. Anyway, uh, Sherlock. Best fans? Uh, Newcastle. I've got a Groove Valley. Yeah, great. Great before, great during, great after. Uh, uh, anybody else? A Dutchman? I've got the Dutchman. I thought, yeah. I'm DBR. Overall, most have been underwhelming, really. Um, I wonder whether some of that's because we're quite good at home. So we, for me, when you see a team getting behind their team when they're behind as opposed to when they're winning, I thought Arsenal made quite a lot of noise, but they were winning comfortably over time. I thought Brighton were quite good. I thought Newcastle were good, and I thought Forest were quite good. But it's much easier to give it to Gillingham, I think. Is there a, a best-away fan evacuation? Oh, that's a good way. We're going to come back to it, actually. Yeah. So, listen, so, okay. so listen, we're going to just come to this. We're going to go to the final category before we, 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 we stop for another little break. Because this is going to be quite a long podcast. But, listen, you, this is summertime now, and you've got plenty of time to listen to this. You can actually kind of pause this and listen to this over about seven days if you need to. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to ask you, uh, girls and guys in the house here, um, what we can do is that we can ask who do you think the worst away fan is were or maybe we could just have a poll to see whether or not like you know whoever we all think was is going to be top of the pile because I think we probably probably are going to all come up with the same person yeah let's quickly uh the worst away fans at New Griffin Park this season JB um well sometimes you have quickly Fulham (laughs) Fulham yeah half and half tickets Fulham it's got to be Fulham 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 this is I mean and listen this was not pre- this was not rehearsed this was an absolute honestly it wasn't because listen no one's been discussing anything here but it was so obvious it's a full house any team who comes down to their stadium after their team's done really really well and goes and decides to leave with 10 minutes to go just because the other team's letting the goal and they're really upset but you've done really well train back to Guildford that's right you've got to get a train back to Guildford or down to Putney which is about two miles down the road honestly I, I, I really honestly it really I couldn't I couldn't fathom I couldn't get my head around it so for me right that was just like that was just unbelievable right because for, for 10 fans to leave or 20 or 100 or 500 or 800 but but for seven, 1,690 fans to leave five minutes before the end, that was just, just disgraceful. That's one of the best tweets of the season. I can't remember who did it. Someone will add in. But when the Fulham players went over to throw their shirts into the crowd, they had three left over because there was no one to give them to. Which I think was, a, was an absolute classic. <laughs> Ali. You just got to say fair play to the three Fulham fans who actually stayed, really. <laughs> That's right. And the thing is, uh, and we know as well, listen, we're mates with Sammy from Fulhamish, but as you know, our relationship with the Fulhamish is uh, we like to just, you know, we like to turn the needle on them. They try to turn the needle on us, but because we've got so much more ammunition than the one they have, our needle goes a lot further than they did. And this one really hurt them badly. I mean, Sammy didn't take it too well. In fact, to be quite honest with you, Sammy from Fulhamish, actually, he sent me like a three minute rant basically kind of no he did he did he sent me a three minute rant basically defending his position for leaving the game early and I listened to it and I just well, I said Sammy mate I, I can't put that out mate because if I do you, you're going to get you're going to get slaughtered you know what I'm saying I can't I'm not going to say I can't even go there because he's a mate of mine you know what I'm saying it was yeah it was it was quite bad it, it was quite bad but he went on there and he completely defended them leaving early there was all sorts of nonsense in there about this and this and Quiches. Going down the road in quiches, and ah, that's right. And you know, uh, honestly, none of it made sense. And I just thought that he, he, he probably got you know had a temperature and he needed to go home and, and lie down. But yeah, Laney, I've got nothing more to say. <laughs> that's right, he's got nothing, he's got nothing more to say because Laney has now been sent off to the bar to get some more drinks. We're going to come back and we're going to discuss a little bit more about this season. This is part one of a two part podcast. You can catch both parts of the podcast on Pride of West. Dot London. Come on, come on, you break the car.
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.